The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Hello once again and welcome inside another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. I am the namesake, happy to have you with us. This is a podcast about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. We'll run down last week's games, we'll set you up with a new poll question, we'll tell you about some of the games of the week for this week. That's a segment that we had last year that we got away from. I forgot that in all the preseason episodes. It took me three weeks into the regular season to realize that I had not been talking about games of the week. I'd just been talking about the games on our stations and the big games as I hit the teams, essentially, but I had picked games that I thought were the games to watch that week. So I apologize if you were someone that had listened to this show regularly last year and wonder where that was. That's an error on your host, essentially. So we'll fix that this week. We'll rectify that and we'll be back on track with where we need to be. Speaking of a team that's on track with where they need to be, how about Ritchie County? If you thought they made a big statement in week one, and we'll get more to that in just a few moments, how about the statement they made in week two? Ritchie County blasted Parkersburg Catholic this week and I feel like there was a lot at stake there for Ritchie County and more than a few memories of last year's matchup. The Rebels got out in front 20 to nothing at the half. They got six rushing TDs from three different players, a 50 to 13 win over Parkersburg Catholic. And there's no question, Ridgey County is for real. I think that win against Parkersburg Catholic is more of a statement on how good Ritchie is than anything about Parkersburg Catholic. I think anybody can have an off night, and Parkersburg Catholic not only picked a bad night to have an off night, but ran into a team that right now is probably better than Ritchie County is. Not that Parkersburg Catholic isn't better than they were last year, but when you look at when these two teams met last year, I think Ritchie County, since week two in 2018, is way better now, and they've improved and they've come a lot farther in 365 days than Parkersburg Catholic has from week two in 2018, and they're showing it right now. And they're doing it with a backup quarterback. Ethan Haught is once again a quarterback, or was once again a quarterback for the Rebels in place of Dakota Wayne. Wayne had a hip injury in the preseason. It limited him if you're just new to that. I didn't find out about that until last week. So Ethan Haught has been playing quarterback, or he did for the last two games for Ritchie County. And even though his numbers weren't spectacular, just 3 of 13 in the past game for 12 yards, things are running well, and you almost want to play, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and you almost wonder if that's not what the Rebels are going to do. They put up more than 50 points in each of their first two games, 50 this week and then 58 against Tyler Consolidated and the opener. So that argument has some validity to it here. Either way, Rick Hott and the Richie Hunter Rebels are going to have a week off to sort things out. They'll have this week off before they play St. Mary's next week. And if you're Richie, you almost don't want to see your bye week come in week three, because all it's going to do is cool your momentum, and it's going to give people time to talk about whether or not they think Dakota Wayne could or should be starting a quarterback, and that's going to allow that quarterback situation to simmer. I talked to head coach Rick Hott about it last week, and I played the clip. He, he says it's going to kind of play out as it is, whether it be Wayne or whether it be Hot. but having two weeks to simmer is probably not good for that situation compared to the alternative. It would probably be best if they could get out there and play right now, but either way, Ritchie County is red hot right now, and probably the best Ritchie County team they've had in some time. This is poised to be a better team than any of the, I believe, three teams Mike Dawson took to the playoffs earlier this decade, and it might be the best Ritchie County team in about 20-25 years. I think time will tell. There's a long way to go yet. We're only two weeks into the season, but already the makings are there for Ritchie County to do some big, big, big things. Parkersburg South rolls once again. Seven touchdowns in each of their first two games. That offense for the Patriots is clicking on all cylinders. They did it through the air against Ripley, and they did it on the ground 
touchdown against UHS. Brandon Penn and Devin Gaines each top 100 yards. Three different Patriots rushed for touchdowns, Penn, Gaines, and Dylan Day. And for Parkersburg South, the question is going to be how far can they go in Class AAA? In Class AAA and Class A, I'll say, there is a prohibitive favorite right now. Everyone expects Wheeling Central to be standing at Wheeling Island Stadium. Everyone expects Martinsburg to be standing at Wheeling Island Stadium. If you're in Class AAA or Class A, it almost feels like it's the race for number two and it's the race to be on a particular side of the bracket. But I think if you put that aside... This is a Parkersburg South team that has a chance to be more special than any Mike Eddy ever had, more special than any that maybe even John Bolin had. You'd have to look back maybe to Mike Duvall, 2003, as the last time the Parkersburg South had something this special on the South side. Again, a lot of football left to be played there. There's a lot to settle out, and a big one is what happens in the light of injuries to Caleb Richards and Tyler Wheeler. South lost two of their bigger offensive linemen, Wheeler the center, in the first moments of the third quarter against University last week. What will the long-term prognosis be like for those two, and will the replacements be able to step up? Those are two big questions that they'll need to answer going forward. Williamstown returned home last week and had a nice bounce-back win after their loss to Wheeling Central. They shut out Magnolia 27-0. A nice shutout for the defense, who didn't look bad against Wheeling Central, but Wheeling Central's skill players just really, really good. A three passing TDs from Braid Modisett. Interesting to see Williamstown get the pass game going before the run game. Not that they didn't run the ball well. The Yellow Jackets ran for 140 43 yards as a team, but look at the defense in this one. Magnolia had minus 7 rushing yards, 43 total yards in that game, and the Blue Eagles picked up just two first downs. That's a new quarterback in Caden Caesar at Magnolia. He's going to go through some growing pains at the position. They're down Patrick Morandi, who graduated last year, so Brandy Morandi, also a skill player. They, they've got skill players. Dave Chapman, the head coach of the Blue Eagles, knows he's working with a lot of new guys in different spots, and he has small numbers on his team to boot, but he believes in his guys, and I think the thing that's going to do them in more than anything this year is going to be how rugged their schedule is. They still have games with St. Mary's, Wheeling Central, Shady Side. That's what they got this week. That's Shady Side. River, which will be a tough one, even though River's somewhat down this year. They go to Frontier, and Frontier's played very well this year. So it just doesn't seem to get much easier for Magnolia going forward. There are very few weeks off, if any weeks off on that schedule, and that might be what wears this team down more than anything else. But if they can get better and let that schedule make them better, then I think they could flourish. It's either going to be sink or swim for the Blue Eagles. No question about it. But for Williamstown, you have to like what you saw to Braden Modisett. 340 total yards of offense. That is encouraging as well. Let's check in on running back Derby from last week. Hunter America, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Mark Rucker, 214 yards, two touchdowns. Nearly identical numbers in their matchup. Tyler Consolidated took on Doddridge County. Doddridge came away with a 42-28 win. Pretty evenly matched. Doddridge led 28-22 at the half on America's second touchdown run, but Tyler Consolidated gets good efforts from Mark Rucker week in and week out and they're not able to take advantage of it. They allow 58 points against Ritchie County in week one and now 42 to Doddridge County. They're going to have to figure out how to stop somebody. You can't go out averaging 50 points a game. Your defenses cannot allow that many points each week on average. That's an average and expect to win too many football games. I know it's an average of a small sample size but you get the point. You can't be doing that and expect to win games and I'm sure they know about that. That's a good staff out there. They know what they're doing but somehow they're going to have to find a way to stop people. You know, whether the deficiency is something they see on film, whether their schemes need to be changed, something has to give out there because the defense is once again holding this team back. And to be honest, it's probably a lot of the same athletes that you see on offense because they have small numbers as well, and they're going both ways in a lot of cases as well. So 
Something has to give for Tyler Consolidated. And Doddridge County is beginning to answer some questions. I know a lot of people almost look at it funny when they see Doddridge County at the top of any kind of a polar power ranking. It's not a program that's been up there a lot in the last 20, 25, 30 years. But with Bobby Burnside, they've slowly been building something up out there. Doddridge has Hunter America. they got a beautiful new facility, for one. So the facility is going to be great in coming years. And with America, you had to wonder, coming into his senior year, was he going to get senioritis? And you see this with some people. You see some people that don't quite put in the effort the senior year after getting the results the junior year. But with America, the effort's been there and the results have been there. And they're 2-0. and So we'll see what happens with Doddridge County. Parkersburg High took their lumps as Cabell Midland handed them a pretty big L. They'll have Woodrow Wilson this week, the Big Reds will, and that might be the final time those two teams meet. Woodrow's leaving the Mountain State Athletic Conference, and these two teams aren't set to meet in 2020, so a long-time rivalry may go by the wayside because Woodrow Wilson has decided the MSAC is not for them anymore. We'll see what it takes to get these two teams back on the field again, but if you're in the area and you want to see something that could be historic, that PHS-Woodrow matchup might have some implications beyond just what you see on the field on Friday. St. Mary's is 2-0. We talked about Richie earlier. Let's talk about the other half of that matchup from next week. St. Mary's got a 34-7 win against Scott. A couple touchdown runs from Richard Dornan. Brennan Boron ran for a score. Lucas Lipsom and uh, Jason Clayton had receiving scores on passes thrown by Boron. He continues to get better. 9-12, 159 yards. St. Mary's racked up a total of 314 yards of offense. They had twice as many first downs as Scott. That avenges a loss from last year. Scott just won a nine last year, and that one was St. Mary's, and that really had to sting with St. Mary's. Even though St. Mary's had a down year last year, and it was 100% because of an off year in talent. The talent just was not there by and large last year. A lot of the talent they had last year has developed, and that's meshed with some new players they have coming into the program. Times are good right now for St. Mary's. The breakout star from the opener against Roan was Ben Long. Uh, He was a little bit tempered on Friday. 14 runs for 38 yards, and Long didn't get to the end zone after a 100-yard rushing day against Roan County in the opener. So we'll see uh, if the game plan just involves him more or if he bounces back. But St. Mary's has their hands full for the first time in a long time. They are the prohibitive underdog in this game against Ritchie County, and not even by a long shot. I think what Ritchie County has done in the last two years dwarfs what St. Mary's has done even this year. So though those are 2-0 teams meeting next week, St. Mary's is the team that's got something to prove when they go into Ellenboro on September 20th. Marietta is 2-0, and how about how they're doing it? They're thrashing people. The Tigers got a 52-34 win over the Warren Warriors. Made a long night for Warren head coach Matt Kimes. He watched Marietta tally 558 total yards of offense. They ran for 485. 332 of those yards came from Chase Taylor alone. Taylor ran for 332 yards, four touchdowns. And if you're asking yourself, how can somebody run for 332 yards? You have to think that some of those touchdown runs are long, and you'd have been correct if you'd assumed that. Chase Taylor's first was 64 yards out. He also had touchdown runs of 63 and 76. Rather pedestrian. An 18-yard run in the fourth quarter to get into the end zone. But Marietta will host Williamstown this year in that annual matchup that those two teams always play at Dondrum Stadium in Marietta on the turf there. And for the first time in a while, I'm not so sure that Williamstown is the favorite. I think Marietta right now is going to be the overwhelming favorite in that game. And they had trouble stopping Wheeling Central's skill players in Week 1. We'll see what they can do with this rushing attack from Chase Taylor in Week 2. I wanted to touch on one other thing here really quickly. Payton City took their lumps in a loss to Wirt County. But the story from that game is that Payton City threw nine interceptions in that game. Nine 
case you're wondering, that's not the same player, but nine interceptions. I think at some point you have to know what your players are and are not able to do. Zach Heasley in his first year as head coach at Peyton City, maybe trying to install something and, and, and implement an offensive style, but I think at some point you have to let enough be enough, especially when those turnovers are starting to mount and you're starting to put a ridiculous number on the board. It's one thing if you fumble nine times at a game, you really can't control that, but to have somebody throw nine interceptions in a game and have your team throw nine interceptions, five for one player, four for another, to me that looks like you tried to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's okay to try that once or twice, but I think after interception five or six, I might be done throwing the football for a little while, or at the very least, it might lessen my enthusiasm about the practice. But nine interceptions, that is... That's got to be close to a state record. So we'll see if they can turn things around and if they can find a way to move the football that doesn't result in nine turnovers per game. Watch high school football live streamed wherever you are. Don't miss the Moran Construction Game of the Week on 1455 Sports. Log on to 1455media.com slash live. That's the word 14 and the number 55 for great coverage of the area's biggest games. This Friday, it's the Parkersburg Big Reds hosting the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles. Kickoff is set for 7.30 p.m. Log on to 1455 media.com slash live. That's the word 14 and the number 55.com slash live. It's the Moran Construction Game of the Week on 1455 Sports. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at last week's poll question. We asked you who had the more impressive debut of the two choices, Parkersburg South or Ritchie County. Parkersburg South or Ritchie County. And this one's a little bit skewed because I think the Ritchie County folks went on the poll and loaded the ballot box, essentially. This got 54 four votes and I think the shares included a lot of things like hey go vote for Ritchie County so that was people uh, voted with their heart more than voted with their heads I guess nothing wrong with that but it kind of skews things a little bit Ritchie County got 93% of this vote Parkersburg South got 7% of the vote I'm really torn on this one to be quite honest and it's tough to not answer this question knowing what you know from week two because I don't think that cleared things up a whole lot Parkersburg South went out and put up seven touchdowns in week one on the road and they did it at 9 p.m. because of a 90-minute lightning delay. It's tough to get back up and bring the intensity to do anything when you have to sit around for 90 minutes. Ask me, I know I did it that week because we had to do a football broadcast at 9 p.m. after we had talked nonstop basically for two hours to fill that delay. It wasn't the easiest thing to do to snap back into the mode of, all right, here's a football game. That, and there's a point where you do get tired. My day starts at 4 in the morning. Calling play-by-play well past 11.30 p.m. is not natural for me in my current schedule. And I'm sure as a player, it's somewhat the same. Not entirely, but at the same time, I know that high school kids are awake at that hour, but that doesn't mean you're used to hitting people and doing something as physical as a football game. A lot of those kids that are awake at that hour are playing Fortnite, or they're texting their friends, or snapping their friends, or they're doing something that's not playing a competitive sport well past 11 p.m. Of their 49 points in that game, Parkersburg South scored, I believe, 28 of them, if not, or 21, if not 28 of them, after 11 p.m. So that, to me, was impressive. Ritchie County did it against Tyler Consolidated, and they did it with a freshman quarterback in Ethan Hot. So the fact that they had a freshman, and you'd think might have been somewhat limited as to what they could do on offense, that is impressive as well.
as well. But then you weigh in, and I know this wasn't in the poll because I ended the poll Friday afternoon before the evening's games. Then you weigh in what these two teams did in Week 2, and that doesn't do a whole lot to break that deadlock. Ritchie County had six rushing TDs from three different players, and they scored 50 points. Parkersburg South scored seven touchdowns once again, and they did it on the road once again. I don't really know. This is a toss-up, I think. Uh, it's not the 93-7 to that the poll would say. Again, that's the that's those are my folks out in Rich. I love you, Richie County. Those are the folks voting with their hearts rather than their heads, but it's much closer than that. Let me just say that. I'll read the comments here. Craig Dutton says, I'll go with the performance I saw in Richie County last Friday night. He did the Week 1 game. The Rebels really looked good in Week 1. They can only go up from here once they get Dakota Wayne back from injury. There should be no stopping them from improving off last year's record. I think even without Dakota Wayne as quarterback, they can probably do a little bit better than last year's record because this team looks hungry. A lot of their backups we saw late in the game, Craig says, were rather impressive themselves. Richie has a very deep roster this season. Their next three matchups will tell us the most about them. I think you're right, Craig. We learned a lot about them against Parkersburg Catholic. I think once they're off here in week three, we'll learn a lot about them in week four against St. Mary's. But you're right. This Richie team looks loaded and poised, and I think they make a very convincing statement. As does Parkersburg South. I don't really know which way I'm, I'm going to go there, so I'll, I'll keep putting that off. Bill Wentz says Richie County put 58 points on the scoreboard with a freshman quarterback against a Tyler team that will more than likely qualify the playoffs. It's pretty impressive. He says, I kind of question the part about Tyler making the playoffs once again. I know they're only 0-2 with a bye week to help fix things out, but they have to make a stop somewhere. They've got to stop somebody. If they can't stop anybody, then there's not enough wins on that schedule left to make the playoffs. I mean, they're 0-2 now, and they got eight games left, but take a look at it. St. Mary's is playing well. Do they beat them? Williamstown's playing well. Do they beat them? They still have Magnolia later in the year, which could be more of a toss-up than it has been in the past. If you're Tyler Consolidated, the time to get some wins is now. Time to get some wins is last week for them. Push comes to shove, I gotta say I'm a bit more impressed with Richie County's debut, and that's because of the freshman quarterback. You gotta think, it's not like college where someone redshirts. This is a 14-year-old that's running this offense, and though he has a lot of skill players at his disposal, the Parkersburg South offense is Brandon Penn, Devin Gaines, and a load of receivers. They have more weapons, but Brandon Penn is one of those. I feel like Ethan Hott doesn't have as many weapons, still has good ones, and has to spread the ball around but isn't really so much a weapon himself yet. Whereas Brandon Penn can run, can throw, can do anything. I think that makes that a little easier for Parkersburg South because they've got somebody that's so capable in the backfield running that offense and is proving that he possibly deserved the job a long time ago. So I'm going to take Ritchie County in a slight edge over Parkersburg South, but boy, both those teams have been impressive in their debuts. And I'm really interested to see where both of those teams go from here. And that might be the story of the year so far in the area. Those two teams might be the teams teams that we're watching for a very long time in this area, and they might be the teams that are the story of the of the season in Ritchie County and Parkersburg South, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that as we do everything else. We want to thank those who responded, Bill Wentz and Craig Dutton. Again, we encourage you, write us, vote in the poll, comment on the statuses. We want to hear what you have to say, and it makes the show even better. It, it makes us, it gives us something to talk about, so again, we want to thank you for doing that each and every week. The new question for this week, and this is the first of a few of these as we get to that point of the season. We're starting to see some big head-to-head matchups. Marietta Williamstown, who you got? Big matchup on Friday between the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets. A lot of teams have this week off, by the way. A lot of bye weeks early in the season. But this one's a big one. Marietta at 2-0, Williamstown at 1-1, who you got? Uh, that's a pretty simple question. Tell us what you think in the comments below. And like I said, if you haven't liked us already, like the Eric Little High School Football Podcast on Facebook. Vote in our poll. Comment on our questions. And if you have questions and things like that, we'd be glad to read those on the program and, and I'll share my thoughts with you.
Let's take a look at the games of the week in the area this week. Parkersburg South takes on Athens. Nathan Tanner, the head coach of the Patriots, is poised and ready to go for his first home game as head coach of Parkersburg South. Talked to him earlier this week, and he says he's excited and ready to get going on the south side. About a month ago, we had Meet the Team Night, and really that was your first chance to grab a microphone, look into a crowd of Parkersburg South supporters in a large public setting, and tell them why they should support this Patriots team and tell them what you were hoping to bring to them. Now that you're headed into the home opener, is there very much the same feeling, or now that we're three weeks into the season, has some of that kind of dissipated? It's definitely the same feeling because it's our kids' first home game. I think the work that our kids have put in, they deserve somebody to come follow them and watch them especially from the production that was put on the field the last two weeks. I hope our community comes out and supports our kids. That's Parkersburg South head coach Nathan Tanner. The Patriots will take on an Athens team that beat them a year ago in a game that South had every chance to get back in and win. But at 1-2 and two last year, the Patriots reeled off six straight wins, and that was their springboard of the postseason. And then that Marietta-Williamstown matchup we talked about earlier. I wanted to get over and talk to Terry Smith and Jason Show, but my apologies to both of those individuals and the fans of those respective programs. I had a crazy week this week, not able to make it to talk to those two programs. Plus, I don't have a lot of time on Countdown to kick off to fill either, so I just did not make it your way. I wanted to have more on that one. But Marietta and Williamstown will be a terrific game on the turf at Don Drum Stadium. That's one of those games that it seems like the burden of proof is going to be on Marietta. They might be the favorites in this matchup, but there's been a few times in the last few years where they've looked good to start the season. Williamstown might have been rebuilding, reloading, and then Williamstown came out and absolutely spanked the Tigers. Though Marietta is the favorite in this matchup, I think the burden of proof is on the Tigers in this one to step up and show that they're for real. And it's one I think that in a lot of regards they really have to have going forward. I think a win in this one could boost Marietta a long way as their year goes on. There are a lot of winnable games on that schedule left for Jason Chobe's squad, and maybe this is the breakthrough they've been looking for for a few years. Games of the week on Seven Ranges Radio. B96.9 has Parkersburg South and Athens. The game I thought was going to simulcast on Light Rock 93R, but I guess they sold a remote over there, so I thought I was going to be on two stations. Nope, got bumped from 93R. No football on 93R this week. There's going to be a remote. And WXCR, 92.3 FM, has River and Shade side this week as they'll have Mike Flannery's crew for the first time this season. Download us on iTunes each week. Subscribe to us there or you can listen to us off of SoundCloud. You can subscribe to us there. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate us. Review us. It helps the pod continue to go and be seen and, and heard in more places and get a little bit more exposure. We thank you for your continued support like we said earlier. Like us on Facebook if you haven't already. Comment on the polls. Interact with me and that makes more interesting discussion and we can uh, share some thoughts if you would on high school football in the area. That'll do it for us this week. My name's Eric Little. Thank you for joining us. We'll have more next week and a lot more and a lot bigger games coming up as uh, this season continues to get more and more intriguing. We're finding out more and more as uh, we peel the layers back of this onion as we wind on in the 2019 season. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll talk to you again next week. And until then, have a good night and enjoy the games, everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode. And thanks for listening listening.